Hello and welcome to Dungeoneered, a podcast dedicated to discussing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. Let's do this. All right, Josh, let us do our best to hear my bird scream and then also to not sound frustrated. Yeah, let's try. Because okay, I'm just, I am so frustrated. <laughs> this is probably right number, now what, 85? <laughs> yeah, it feels like 85th attempt. We've been trying for almost three hours now to get yep. this recorded, and there's just been audio issue, uh, audio <laughs> issue after audio issue after audio <laughs> issue, and I can't say the word issue anymore for some reason. <laughs> I think we've used it so much at this point that it's just here. It's just how we're going to have to be. Yeah, so we are hearing each other not great, but... We're recording on both our ends, and we're going to spice it together, so it should sound fine for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not a robot, but, you know, it's it's better than it's better than nothing. Yes. So, this week, if we can get this recorded... <laughs> hey, I actually know the subject now. <laughs> you do, because we've already, t- we've already done... My whole side, and then it started getting crappy. So we're going to try the retake. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so last week, we talked about and made this corrupted paladin. And he was corrupted by something that I kind of wanted to flesh out this week. So this week, we're going to talk about hags. Now... I remembered a little too late, Aaron, that you wanted to talk about a happy topic this week, so we're getting hags. Okay, and we also decided to double the topic, triple the topic in hours. What? Thanks to audio issues. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, we did decide that we were going to record for a lot more hours than we normally do. <laughs> uh. Okay, into my topic. The easiest way to understand D&D hags is to simply see them as classic witches from mythology. Like a classic example of one of these witches is the trio from Shakespeare's Macbeth. You know, the whole double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burn and cauldron bubble. The classic Shakespearean witch. Yeah. And what about um, uh, the uh, the Halloween movie? That's what I think of. Can't remember what it's called though, but it's famous. <laughs> That's not helpful. <laughs> help, though, There's but, no know. way I can find it by the Halloween movie. Bewitched. You guys know. Bewitched. Right? Bewitched? Bewitched. The only bewitched be. I know is a TV series from Dang it, no. the eighties. <laughs> which was great. Definitely not bewitched. Because what what the story was, it was Darren was the the um husband and he was married to oh gosh i'm forgetting her name now uh but she was a witch secretly and so he finds out after marrying her and then has to i don't know why we're going into this now but the synopsis (laughs) just says darren marries a very pretty woman (laughs) (laughs) did you look up bewitch the show yep it's not at all what i was thinking (laughs) No, no, it's, it, but one of the great Pocus, things is she can, she can wiggle her nose in a way that, like, I have not found any other human that could, and so that's how she casts spells, is she kind of wrinkles her nose like that, and it's so hard <laughs> yeah. to copy. She's definitely not a hag. <laughs> no, she's definitely not a hag. 
No, uh, I was thinking of Hocus Pocus. That's what I'm thinking of. I don't know what Hocus Pocus is. What? You don't? You ex- no, explain Hocus Pocus. I don't know what this is. It's about three witches that are like creepy and it's a Halloween movie. I mean, creepy in, in parentheses. I was going to say, is it like a horror movie or something? No. No. No, it's more. I mean, it's more of like a comedy horror movie. I don't know how to describe it. Okay, I, I this looks vaguely familiar, but I don't think I've ever watched it. This is what I think of when I think of hags. But these people are less like creepy. Yeah, they're not like they're you know, not green ugly, skin though. and greasy hair and seaweed for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, back to <laughs> the topic because we got way off of it. Um, <laughs> there is also a a famous historical mythological creature called the Baba Yaga, a supernatural being sometimes depicted as a trio of sisters like the Macbeth witches who appears as a deformed, ferocious-looking old woman. Now, Baba Yaga... Really quick. When I think of Baba Yaga, why do I think of, like, a bear? Like a... I don't know. Why? The Baba Yaga sounds like some sort of, like, bear or something, you know? I mean, it's, it's definitely a unique name, um... Yeah, I, I mean, but there's also, like, Krampus and stuff, which doesn't really sound well, like yeah. what it is. No. Now, so, Baba Yaga, one of the major, major parts of, a Bobby, of Baba Yaga's story is their hut. Uh, and it walks on chicken legs, which uh, most hags in D&D don't have, but I'm, it's in homebrewing. You can create it any way you want. It's like, a, it's like Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, but chicken legs. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, for uh, I mean, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you like D and D. For those of us who like D and D, there is uh, the newest book, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Tasha was actually raised by the in fiction Baba Yaga, which is just a fun thing to know. Oh, that's now, cool. yeah, it is. Uh, now, hags are witches with evil intent. And a dark, foreboding origin. Unlike other demonic creatures, though, hags are actually fey creatures. They're not fiends. The Forgotten Realms wiki has a great line uh, kind of explaining hags. And it says, they are equal parts hideous and heinous. Hags embodied what it meant to be ugly inside and out, taking on the forms of unsightly old women. They were the antithesis of the Feywild natives, like the Eladrin, for they were warped reflections of civilized beings that epitomized nature at its most repugnant. Wow, that sounds so much worse than what I first heard when you read that. Because <laughs> it was cutting in and out when you when I first heard when you first read it. Oh man, yeah, it's it's such it's such it's beautifully written with beautiful words to really explain this gross, gross people. I would prefer if it was beautifully written with beautiful hieroglyph- hieroglyphics, though, you know? <laughs> now, <laughs> hags are like a lot of monsters in D&D. They have a wide variety of, of, like, appearances and what they can really look like, granting DMs freedom to make them however they want to look. Though, they are, there are general guidelines to follow for making one. You don't have to follow these as... As I said, um, but these are typical hags. They are typically look like twisted crones with unsightly appearance and blotchy skin marred by warts and moles. Their long bony fingers are capped with sharp 
crooked nails, as tough as steel and sharp like blades. Their hair is frayed and rugged. Their eyes are sly and portray evil intent. Now, hags have many different types, and each of those have different powers, but most of them can appear as a normal old woman if they wished. Or even some can do uh, can turn themselves into beautiful young women. Most of them are reluctant to do this because they really love how they look. Are they like able to like shapeshift at will? Yeah, yeah, most of them can. Yeah. Now, but the thing is, they most of them would love their natural appearance because they love how purposely gross it is. They love disgusting people. Now, hag. Now, uh, once again, the article on hags in the Forgotten Realms wiki is just so beautifully written that I had to keep their part about the personality of hags in as well. So evil was at the core of what defined hags, an inextricable part of their identity. They were representatives of malice and malignancy, paragons of corruption who took unbridled joy in creating misery and misfortune for the virtuous and content. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> to simply call them evil was itself an understatement. Petty, avaricious, conniving, merciless, abhorrent, and oppressive simply scratch the descriptive surface. Their reversed sense of value extended to aesthetics as well, for hags were known to relish their moral and physical ugliness as well as the horror that they evoked, and be disgusted by the beautiful, disfiguring those who were attractive. Despite embodying that which was horrible and brutal in nature, they still disrupted the natural order, for hags were miserable creatures of scorn and hate that did evil purely for evil's sake. Now these hags are like Yugolos, which we talked about recently, in their intelligence and style as their plans are so unscrutable that even immortals have a hard time understanding their actions. And hags also, like Yugolos, have a philosophy of superiority, believing themselves to be above everyone else. Despite this, they love to make deals with those below them. Now, unlike a lot of folk folklore, witches, hags, don't really do it out of curiosity or to kind of be a part of a greater story. When a hag goes to make a deal, they create these deals with the rough, with rough consequences so that they can make the person they are making the deal with an active participant in their own corruption. Jeez. They find huh. great <laughs> they find great joy in dragging people of good conscience and esteem down. The act of making others miserable is splendid to them. Now, hags are traditionally thought of to reside in covens. But interestingly enough, as I dived into the lore, it turns out they hate each other. They do not want to be in covens, like naturally. Hags only do that, only go into covens when something external requires it. Maybe it's for their safety, or they want to complete a really powerful ritual, or 
whatever it is, they there has to be something that forces them into it. Now, hag covens must almost across the board must be consist of three members because with any more and there's too many issues to deal with any less and the two hags will always dispute and fight and never actually make or do anything the odd numbers allow them to resolve any issues between the two others and they are able to work together oh that's interesting i didn't know that yeah now, hags can do a lot of magical things, can create a lot of magical items and potions and spells and brews and whatnot. But my favorite thing that they can make is called a hag's eye. To create a hag's eye, you require a whole coven and a hag victim that has, through their dealings, given up its eye. Combining the eye with gemstones of many different price and through a powerful ritual which takes a long time. Wait, you, you said eyes, right? Uh, no, just eye, just one. So, like, rip an eye out from somebody's socket? Yeah, so it has to be through the deal. So they make a deal and they say, I'll, you give up your eye for whatever they're asking. What the heck? And so normally, I mean, it's taken out in such a way that they still live. Because the hag, part of their dealing and the stuff they want to do, part of the joy they get from it is seeing the corrupted end result so they wouldn't want to kill a person yeah, yeah they I mean, want to see just how scoop they scoop it out with a spoon you know can't be that bad i think it was an episode of alias where they had to uh scoop it out with a spork oh, oh gosh <laughs> it was rough ow um, <laughs> now uh they complete this long ritual together and at the end of it the life essence of all of the hags become tied to the eye, allowing all members to see what the eye can see as long as it is on the same plane of existence as them. With true sight, beings can tell that this is a disembodied eye. But to anyone else, it just appears to be a regular stone. And this stone uh, is often placed in brooches, medallions, or other sorts of jewelry. And these this jewelry with this hag eye is given out to unsuspecting victims, allowing them to spy on whoever they give it to constantly. Now that is all I have for uh, on hags for this week. And so now I think it is time that we dive into creating the uh, creatures that corrupted this paladin. Before we, before we even do that though, I, my, one of my players in uh, my campaign made a deal with a hag as like a patron for like being a warlock mm -hmm. and uh it's super interesting because she gave her like a, a stone on a necklace and i didn't even know that like hags did that but so they could spy and that yeah. like could easily be something that i throw into my campaign now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't even know that was a thing and she loves that little witch stone that's actually really cool because it's a perfect way of leading it in there and the whole time it could have been that that's so weird. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what uh that's what hags like to do. This 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 hags eye. Um I forget where I first heard about it. I think it was from a YouTube video explaining about hags, and I just thought it was really interesting and really cool. 
No, it's super cool. That's so awesome. They can like spy and watch them wherever they go. Yeah, and it just looks like a basic medallion. So what 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 happens is it gets like passed along through generations or it gets sold in a in a pawn shop of some sort, then someone else takes it and then they all of a sudden they have this eye in places they never expected to. And oh, that would be a really fun backstory thing for like a character who just like say like, oh, I have a special medallion that I got when I was, you know, handed down to me. Mm-hmm. Just like it was my dad's or something. And then as a DM, you're just like, yep, it definitely was. And now it's a hag eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I think uh, because of hags and how intelligent they are and how like, as I said, immortals are confused by what they do. Uh, meaning that like gods and deities still can't like figure them out. So I think one of the things that would actually happen, which would be really cool, would be that even though the hags might have done this years ago now, they planned it out. And so maybe they even knew that that player was going to get it. And maybe that was the intention all along. Maybe they saw this adventurer that was going to become a hero. And so they made sure it got in, in, in their lineage. I mean, you could also, I mean, you could also do like if somebody has like a family sword with like a gem in the pommel, mm-hmm. do something like that too. That too, could yeah. Be creative. He could be all sorts of creative. That'd be really fun. And then they have this hag that's been watching them for a very long time. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's fun. I'm going yeah, to steal cool. that. <laughs> well, Thank you, self. I'll steal that from my own pocket and put it in my other one. <laughs> Well, all right. So, yeah, let's create this hag group, group of hag coven. I don't know what you want to call it. Well, so I think I think we should. So we're going to create the creatures that corrupted this paladin. And I think to kind of get away from hag so it doesn't just feel like a reskin. Well, let's start by not calling it a coven. And I think instead of having three, like the classic three witches, we just have two. I mean, I, I like the idea of getting away from three at a time and doing like a you know just like a, a duo like you said or like even just one i like that too but yeah one one could work too but i i, I kind of like the feeling of like i always like the kind of bickeringness that comes from like a hag coven because th- that's how they're supposed to be played out is that there is just constant infighting that's why there needs to be three because there needs to be one that can kind of moderate and so no, yeah i may- agree and so maybe in this one it's two and then maybe they have like an imp or some sort of like combined familiar that is both of their familiar that kind of is this mediator. I love okay, I love the idea of two hags and they can't ever like decide on something and so they have like a familiar like something crappy that mm-hmm. like they both like you wouldn't normally value its opinion. <laughs> but it's the and only it's- way to get them to decide anything yeah (laughs) i love that so much yeah that's cool i like that okay so two hags that means we have to make two well so that's the thing i don't i i I think we should make our own creature i don't think it should be hags oh like just like make a new creature but skin it as like looking like a hag no it it just acts like a hag so it would be it would be kind of offering deals and it would be this kind of creature that did corrupt the paladin but it wasn't a hag exactly or we could just make two hags which were, would work just fine okay i 
I like where you're going with this. I like making it a creature that isn't a hag, but like operates like one. But mm-hmm. I think we should do like a. I think we should do two hags. Like we should make it two hags, but we should like do like a little bit more in depth than just two hags. So like some sort of like backstory of these creatures, why they're doing this deal with this paladin, what's their like their end goal, that kind of yeah. stuff. Instead of just you know two enemies that your party's gonna fight in the end because that always makes a more interesting villain uh-huh so i'm thinking they know of the party and they are doing all this work and corrupting this paladin because they're hoping he can defeat them but we find out yeah, so okay. kind of made in the last last episode it doesn't work and so maybe they yeah. the end goal of the of the of the party is against these people they don't like where it's going so how does the hag? How do the hags know about the party? I think I love I this idea it's... of them having one of these eyes somehow, but that would require you to know about your players. Yeah, yeah, you would have to. You'd have to have it worked in somehow that the players. Oh, I'm sure have you this. could. I'm sure you could convince somebody to have some sort of ceremonial stone or anything like that. I'm sure you could. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it wouldn't be too hard. Um, you yeah, could also, even just you like convincing to, them to have a weapon, a family weapon, like anything like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just say here. I mean, you can even have one this. of my, my wizard, one of my characters, one of my wizards, I don't remember which one, but he had a gem in the, it might've been Armel. He had a gem in the, on, on the cover of his book. And like, that was one of his main things. So, I mean, that could easily, yeah, easily be that way, be a witch eye. So anything like that, you could just. You could squeeze it in there somehow. Now, I am thinking that the third creature that is with these hags is a Nothic. Because Nothics are also kind of powerful and omnipotent. Yeah, but we already had a Nothic in a tavern, you know? That's true. I just We gotta do something else. We gotta do something creative. We gotta do something... Like, what would be with a bunch of hags? What? Yeah, so so I think we're throwing out Imp because Imp is too... Imp is too it makes cliche. too much sense. Yeah, totally. too, makes no, too totally. much sense. Okay, I this. I, mean, I got how it. creepy do we want to go? Got I got it. I got it. It okay. is a. It is a. It is a decapitated head, of just like it was just a regular adventurer, who has just been stuck with these hags for so long that it's now just kind of a part of the group. <laughs> and it wasn't even so... supposed to be awakened, but it just kind of happened. Like during some of their experiments, something went wrong. And maybe it's it's literally just like hanging in the back. Okay. And like I maybe like when the, the the players come in, it just looks like a hanging head in the back. And then like eventually it's like, hey, and it like speaks up. No, no, no. Okay. I like this. I like where you're going with this a lot. I'm picturing a I like I like I like the head. I like that a lot. I'm picturing it mm-hmm. like in a jar. Like you know how you like ferment, like you're you like preserve brains and stuff in a jar? Yeah. But they've like preserved a head in a jar. And what I'm thinking is, is the reason they even have it is for this very, because there's only two and they can't decide. So they made, they like killed someone. They killed someone they thought was like wise Wise. for a human or whatever. And so they killed him, took his head off and put it in a jar to help them decide against their bickering. Mm hmm. And so now they have this head in like a a gross jar that 
sits on their desk or sits, you know, somewhere in their house at all times. And even like when you're doing like a fun, like the party is like exploring and they find like this hag hut or whatever. And they're like looking through the windows and stuff. You could even see like a, a head sitting on the table or something like, Oh, I love yeah. it so much. And maybe like it was somebody with high enough perception when they like move around and they see like, you, you just kind of offhandedly mention, Oh, the, the face seems to be aimed in your direction. Yeah, or what I would do is I would, like, like if the party is stealthy enough or something, but I would be like, you can see the head just every once in a while, like, shift or move, but it could just be that it's, like, floating Oh, like a blink or something? Yeah. Like, you just notice that the head just happens to, like, slightly rotate and move every once in a while. Just yeah, like that's it's cool. Floating it seems almost like it floats up and down. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Or maybe there's, so like, some sort of, like, like, wisp that comes off it into the, into the water, some sort of, like... Uh, magical energy of some sort yeah well, yeah if they had like detect magic on they would like see that it's magical for sure it'd probably be like a necromancy energy or something like that yeah yeah that's cool i like, I like that. that so we have two hags and because there's two they've killed a human that they thought was wise in order to decide uh many of their issues that they have mm-hmm and we have that they know about the party and have, like, foreseen that the party is going to try and stop whatever evil they're planning with this paladin. Which I or think... Not with this paladin, but just in general. So they corrupt this paladin to try and see if he, they can stop. Yeah, so I think I think, the, I think the... the Because we decided the big bad is going to be the corruption. Right. So I, I think they see a possible future where the party defeats this corruption. Right, absolutely. And but, so they're trying to stop it. Yes, and so they also see that if the corruption takes over the world, they're going to be in a position of higher power, and so they want that world to come to be. Okay, so so then, if we have this corruption as like a living entity, then the hags obviously have made some sort of deal with it, I'm assuming, correct? I, 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 th- I kind of want them to be like fully apart. Like they are, they they are like hags in D&D where they kind of work in the background. They don't they're not up up front about it. And so maybe later on in the campaign, they will actually approach this corruption. But as of right now, they are kind of playing a background game. So why do they want the corruption to succeed just for like ultimate evil and destruction? So they see that they will be raised up to a place of higher power where they will have the ability to bring great misery upon the good. And so they really want that. But they have yet to approach the and maybe it's just a dispute maybe they that's one of the disputes they have not been able to decide because maybe the head is also like i don't know when the right time to approach this corruption would be and so there the one wants to go now the other one wants to go later and the head is also like i have no idea okay okay i have an idea what if okay what if the head okay maybe one or two maybe one of them wants to like harness this corruption and be able to use it and control it because that would Mm -hmm. kind of feed into like the hag's ego of like we're the best you know what i'm saying yeah and so one of them wants to like control and use this corruption while the other i mean what would the other one want to do why would they be at odds does the other one want to make a deal and like i think the other one fears its power and thinks they like the might one, not. It, it, yeah, like is afraid of it, and so yes, not not fully. Like it probably won't ever say I'm afraid of it because I think 
because as they they kind of have this fighting mentality between the two of them, um, it it wouldn't want to show that weakness. So it wouldn't want to no, say, absolutely. "I'm afraid of this person." Yeah, and just with that voice too. I'm I'm a real egg. <laughs> I'm a real egg. No. Every time it lies, its nose grows. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I'm a real egg. What do you say? Doll this whole time. You even had Mickey Mouse in there too, you know. Oh, gorse. He's a really weird hag to you. Okay, I mean, I like the idea of one being afraid. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like not admitting it, but at the same time, I don't. You know. I like I like my hags to be like <laughs> cocky. <laughs> so then, what do you think? What do you think the other one's goal is? Why do you think uh, it does not want to approach the corruption? Yeah, I mean, the only logical explanation would be that it's like afraid, or that maybe it's foreseen a future of like it killing them, or I don't know. What other explanation would there be besides being like afraid or? Or, like, wanting power, but I don't see hags, like, making a deal for power. They already have so much. I don't... Okay, what if... I mean, I could see this. So, one wants to use the power and, like, harness the corruption, while the other one just wants to watch it destroy things? Like, play more passively? Okay, I I see the point of that, because they would definitely find joy in that, but I don't know if that's good enough. Like, one... One wants to play it more of a passive game, maybe lead people into the corruption and watch them, you know, like bring misery and demise that way. More yeah, the other one wants to lead trying to harness into it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I think one wants to. I think okay. So so the one that wants to like control it wants to do it now. The other one wants to feed it a bunch of things, then control it. And so yeah, I like that. And so. That's so they both are like we have to control this thing. This thing is below us, but one of them fears that if we feed it too much, it's going to be too powerful for them to control, and the other one is too arrogant. Which is one of the major flaws of hags is that they they believe themselves above everything to yeah. like a super arrogant position where they would be like, no, 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 it will never be strong enough to defeat me, type thing. Yeah, let's let's feed it, make it stronger, and then harness it for like yes. maximum potential whereas the other one is let's use it now just for being able to use it <laughs> yes why wait yes type thing mm-hmm. and then i, I the like head that. the head can't like decide like the head wouldn't be able to decide yes i think i think the head is is nervous about both plans and so here's the co- okay he's kind of question, doing though. delay tactics Here's the question, though. Is and here's the, head, the answer, though. Is the head like still itself? Like, is yes. it still? Yes, I think I think it is itself, but it's been with them for like a hundred years or more, and so, so it's it kind trying of just... to like. I love the idea of it, like actively picking the lesser of two evils to try and at least like mitigate what these hags are doing. Yeah, so that's that's what I think it is doing, and I think it also is is um kind of. Uh, resigned to its position so it's not going to try to escape because it it well, it understands it's a head in a jar it's not going to have a lot out there when it leaves also it's been so long anyone it cares about is definitely Ooh. dead i also like this so, idea 
it mitigates right. and and with this situation i think it fears one that getting telling them to do it now would it they it would work and they would be able to control it and he doesn't want that and so he's hoping that if they make it strong enough it will defeat them or at least stop them from controlling it yes no totally i okay i also so i think this head should have like some sort of the hags have like convinced him that if he makes these decisions and helps them with their like bickering or whatever which you know i don't know if i like that word using it that way but like helps them with their dilemmas that they have and like infighting they'll release his soul eventually whereas if he doesn't they keep it for forever and so mm-hmm. he he is doing the best that he can, but he wants his soul to be released so he can rest. So he's picking, choosing the lesser of two evils between the two hags or what he perceives as such in order for them to eventually release him and let him go because otherwise he will forever be haunted and left in this cage, you know? Yes. So they're using that actively, but he's also trying to, like, escape. And so that would be also kind of fun for the party to, like, investigate like they find this head in a jar but like he's actually not like terrible <laughs> you know like he's mm-hmm. they could like actively talk to him you know after they killed the hags or whatever uh, you know like, i think i think he is partially evil though i mean not like fully but i think it's it's one of those things where you he's been with them the the hags so long that they yeah. have tainted him no i think i think what yeah what, what i would like would be like he's partially not necessarily going insane, but he's partially losing his, I mean, morality, I guess. And the party can feel sorry for him because they can see where, like, he was a, once a good mm-hmm. person. But now he's, yeah, maybe like, they find his journal been corrupted over time. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's a morality that has been weakened. Yeah, and now he slowly, like, is... Which then it would also, like make the infighting worse because the hags would probably know about this and the hag that wants to do it now is worried that if the head gets too corrupted it's going to side with the other hag that wants to maximum but the other hag who wants to wait thinks well if the head gets too corrupt it's just going to go now and so they both don't think the head is capable of making this decision either yeah they're both starting to doubt the head yeah, because one thinks that if the head gets so corrupt, it's going to want the maximum power, and the other one thinks it's going to want to just go. So they're stuck. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. The head, they, yeah. they, their one thing that they have kind of relied on for probably a few hundred years at this point, they both fear its decision now. Yeah, they both think that it's going to make the wrong decision for the exact same reason. Yeah. Which leads them, ooh, which then leads them to, okay, I'm going to scrap, I think we should scrap the beginning of it, they make this paladin to kill the party. I think they make this paladin as a unanimous decision to to aid in their undecisiveness as to how to use this corruption. Not as like a separate entity to decide for them, but as like a an attempt to... I'm trying to think of the words that I'm that I need to use here. <laughs> but I like I like the idea of it them like creating this entity, this paladin, this like corrupt fallen angel paladin 
mm-hmm. not as like a direct way to stop the party, but as like a way to use the corruption in a in a more like one wants to use the corruption now, so it's like given this like partial um it's a given way, I guess, to creating something that is using the corruption. The other one wants to wait, but is given way to like, okay, well, we can just harness a little bit of this corruption by creating this fallen angel. Mm. So it's like an in-between meeting place before they can actually decide. Does that make sense? Kind of, yeah. So like, they're both indecisive. Mm -hmm. One wants to wait for maximum corruption. One wants to go now. So they come to this like meeting zone where they're both unhappy to create this fallen angel who uses the power of the corruption, but it's also going now. So it's like this middle middle zone. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. See it as a as a common ground. As a compromise. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. As like a compromise yeah. until they can make their final decision. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. Because I don't necessarily I like the idea of them like foreseeing a little bit about the party, but I don't necessarily like these bad guys being solely about the party. No, I, yeah, I definitely don't think they're solely about the party. I just think they saw one prophecy that said, hey, this is possible. These guys could stop you. And they're like, I don't want that to take place. So I'm going to do stuff to prevent it. And they just did like one little thing or two little things. Yeah, I just I, I just worry that it becomes like too party centered. So, OK, do you I was thinking these things would be like villains at one point. They would be bad guys they have to face. Okay, it sounded like you were going for more of a, they will always be a side character. They will never be the direct enemies of the party. I mean, I wouldn't, I, okay. If I was running this, I wouldn't make them like main villains. The main villain is the corruption. Oh no, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was just meaning like for an arc. Like how we had the, the paladin be an enemy. Yeah, they, I mean, they could be an arc, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the paladin is what kicks off this arc. Of something is out there that hates us. What is it? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I think I like the idea of them making this as more of like a compromise. This pal, this fallen angel is more of a mm-hmm. compromise than like a direct result of them seeing the future of the party or like yeah. a, a possible future of the party. And when the party first kills the paladin, they then like, he goes and becomes this fallen angel and they like, reanimate him essentially into his body again yes to then stop the party okay yes so so at first it's a compromise then he right. dies at by the party and then they want revenge that right that makes so sense. it's more of like a direct action the party feels like this is more of a direct thing they're they've they've accomplished like caused mm-hmm. more so than it's just like a happenstance that from yeah, day one that's the good. hags have created this entity for that for that purpose to stop them yeah, that's good. I like that. Just so it's a little bit more like flesh and not like, oh, wow, like we're just super important people all the time, you know, like from day one, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I like I like that. Yeah. Now, so the first time they run into this paladin, the hags have corrupted his mind slowly but surely in this corruption, trying to give make him give way to the like the essence of corruption, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then they kill him the first time and then they do that whole process of him becoming a fallen angel ex- to combat the um, party. Yeah, that's cool. Now, for hags, for these hags, what are they doing when they are not 
creating this paladin like what or thinking about the corruption like what is their not day-to-day but like what are their actions what how are they going to have any other effect on the campaign are they affecting one small town or a city or what are they doing okay well there's a couple things that immediately came to my mind one is obviously they're gonna like probably be doing something to a town right leading like people into the corruption and getting them killed or whatever yeah i also really like the idea of these two hags in control of like a witch coven that's just like on the outskirts of like a town that the party you know kills or whatever i like that idea too you want it to be a full-on witch coven or like a cult or i don't i don't like cult i like the idea of like a, a witch coven but I don't know, like, I want them to be doing stuff outside of, you know, just yeah. what this Yeah, me was. too. Like, obviously, That's why I, I like was... the idea of them killing people inside this corruption. Like, obvious, right? I like, mean, yeah, pretty... you like you like, you like like people killing people. I understand. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. who doesn't? Let's be honest. D&D, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know. But, I yeah, think they, they, they got to be doing something else other than the party. You're right. And like, so. Yeah, I think. I think they would be killing people, like, in the corruption. They would be leading people into the corruption. Like, isn't that, like, a classic hag thing to do is, like, killing people and baking them into pastries or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're not Sweeney Todd's, but... (laughs) Uh, So what... Okay. I mean, in... in, uh, I like like this control um, of this... Yeah, there is the Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, I, I understand that. No, but in the um, Barovia one, they're making them into dream pastries. I think there is they're, ones. Yeah, I think there is ones that are doing stuff like that. That's right. They I literally kill people and put them into pastries mm-hmm. and make them have bad dreams when they eat them. I think. Yeah, I think I think I know there are hags that are doing weird things in Barovia. Spoilers. But that's just because Barovia. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. It's a little late. A little late on that one. It's, it's very late, but spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> now um okay so i like the idea of this this kind of they kind of have control of this witch kevin but i'm not quite sure what that entails or what the purpose of that is what are they gaining from this what are why do they have these people are they training up a second head for because they both don't trust this original head like what are they doing with this witch kevin that is an excellent question. I mean, and my I just came up with was... that head idea, which I really like. Actually, the idea of, of as as we talked about earlier, they both are kind of losing faith in this head, and so they're training up these people, acting like, "Oh, you can, you can be witches like us. You could," and maybe they're they're pretending to just be normal witches. They're they're shape shifting into just. Well, that's like, absolutely what I think they'd be doing. Yeah. And so they, they don't know that they're hags, and so they're just saying, like, were they training people up magically and whatnot, only to, in the end, betray them and use them as this head, as their next head. Yeah, and, I like oh, that a lot, actually. Okay. So I, I, I think what it is, is it's, it's a coven. It's about six witches, and in the end, they're going to, like, force them into, like, a sort of, like, battle royale kind of, like, fight to survive to find out which one is worthy in the end. Okay, so I okay. I think we definitely stick with the idea of they're making this coven of witches that they eventually are going to, at least one of them, they're going to kill and use as the next like arbiter, their mm-hmm. next head. However, 
I think instead of like a battle royale where they kill somebody, I think it should be more like which, you know, which witch. <laughs> the pie baking contest? <laughs> what? The pie baking contest? Yeah, yeah, totally. No, yeah. They, you know, <laughs> which one can bake the best pie? Well, I mean, I mean, it has to be like a human pie, as we were talking about previously. No, rhubarb. Always rhubarb, you know? <laughs> Always Just rhubarb. Rhubarb speaks rhubarb. wisdom. <laughs> wisdom comes from the amount of rhubarb you eat. I think that's a fact. So, uh, Especially the leaves, which are poisonous, eat as right. many and of so them not as only, possible. Yeah, not only is this a pie-baking contest, but afterwards it's how much they can eat of that wisdom pie. So it's like a two-for-one contest. This is a terrible thing. I would never put that in my game. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. No. <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking that these, like, which, which, <laughs> again, um, can. But which? Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think <laughs> how to word this without using which, which. Yeah. I mean, you could use which witch. It's fine. Which witch, I can use which witch, but which witch am I talking about? Yes, which witch is the one that we're talking about? That's the question. <laughs> right. We we won't ever know which witch is actually the witch that's chosen. No. So so how do they determine which witch is which? <laughs> right. Well, they determine which witch is which by I want to say like doing something that the party can counteract, like this cult can counteract. So that's either like kidnapping people or that's like growing the which one can make the most members of the coven i even like okay i even like the which idea one can develop the mangekio sharingan first <laughs> yeah well i even like okay <laughs> i even like the goal of this coven another goal of this coven is what do you what do hags eat humans that's a great question what do hags eat I had that up <laughs> rhubarb pie <laughs> through all of our issue all of our issues I kind of dropped the page that had that kind of info all on it it's okay I'm we'll just, we'll just establish that again. they eat rhubarb pie so we have uh, environment subspecies and reproduction I don't think any of those are food based I think reproduction um, they just shoot spores out right and propagate <laughs> Okay, let me read it then. Given their nature as an all-female race, hags had to find other ways to reproduce beyond the conventional methods. There were many Ah. tales of the bizarre means through which hags came into the world. Some stories reported that they spawned from animals like cows with venomous milk or snake eggs kissed by virgins. (laughs) While While other processes were more artificial, like being incubated in the coffins of an of the unhallowed or being poured out from cauldrons of boiling blood one of the most widely widely told tales of hag reproduction had to be that of the changeling oh my gosh stop right there they're using this coven to create a third hag yes 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 that is to it. Solve their that is issue, it. so they don't have to have a head anymore. So it's not creating another head; it's creating another hag. That is great. Yes. Which I think they hate. They they would hate the competition, but they also hate. But the they decision have to have more. It. Yes. Yeah. They need this other hag to complete the trifecta. 
I, I, okay, yes, that's really cool. And they're boiling a cauldron of blood to make a new egg. <laughs> no. So, okay, remember, okay, no, but you remember in our uh, Grey Wardens video, or episode, sorry, not video, podcast episode, and one of the things the Grey Warden has to do to kind of become a Grey Warden is they had to drink this Darkspawn blood and kind of go through this ritual or many, many, many of the people actually died. It was like more than 50% of them, I think, died if you in through this process. Maybe it's something like that, where the people have to ingest this kind of demon blood yeah. mixed with like fey stuff to kind of become a hag. Yeah. And so many of them likely die. That's why they have to have this coven so that they can just keep testing people right. until they find one that works. Yeah, and then we can have like, you know... A, another party arc deal with i mean you know there's a lot of party arcs in this campaign but you know hey mm -hmm. there's a lot in campaigns but like people like young girls are like going missing or whatever enjoying this witch coven or whatever that kind of stuff kind of like the idea that it's not like kidnapping like yeah. it's just people no, that agree. are in bad home situations that decide that this is better than it, what i have i yeah i just like i just like the i mean i'm thinking of a, a movie there's a movie I was on Netflix a while ago. That was about mm. a girl, about like a hyper, hyper religious family in New England, like during settler, like colony times. Yeah. And uh, she ends up joining like a witch coven after. It's a crazy movie. If you haven't seen it, it's excellent. I don't remember what it's called, though. It's, it might be called The Witch, but <laughs> um, I'm thinking like, yeah, it's called The Witch. But I'm thinking like. This sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm thinking this like girls like join are joining this coven. Yes, I 100% I think that's what's happening. How you'd probably introduce this is it would be like, you have like this hyper zealot father or something figure who's like, my daughter's becoming a witch, you know, that type of thing. So the party's like, okay. Like, okay, no, I, th I think I think they come into a town and there's like a Salem witch trial like event yeah. happening. Absolutely. Burn the witch, burn the witch. Absolutely. And like, She's a witch burner. Yes, like that whole situation, and like, does she weigh more maybe than a duck? Yeah, it'll be. I think it will be silly like that in a way. Like it, it like their evidence is all gonna be like circumstantial or just really untrustworthy. And I think that they'll also see there's like one woman in the crowd actually crying, and like no, like absolutely. I don't know, yeah. Maybe she's like the mother, or she's maybe she's like another one of the witches, but she doesn't, she's not saying that she's a witch. She's just saying, like, oh, she's my friend or whatever. We grew up together or something. Yeah, and I so definitely. They, they, like they come idea. into this environment. And so I think that it's not a party centered story, it's this city or this area based story. And so they just happen to go through it. Yep. And I think that um, one of the things I was, I was wanted to ask you about. So failures, people that are that are not successful in their hag corruption or turning. What do you think happens to them? Do they just die? Does do they just get released because the, the hags enjoy spreading evil? So they're like, hey, these things are, are now like mindless creatures of of great strength and so they'll just go out and cause evil yeah I've, and maybe they they come across a few of those or like how does this how does how do you see that going i don't know i'm I'm stuck between those two suggestions that you had was they either just die 
Mm -hmm. or they like they become some sort of like creature or like i i think let's we can do a mixture we can do most of them die but some of them are so close to becoming hags that they they are they survive but they're twisted and wrong okay so what okay here we go halfway point what if like they just they like almost like they become like sick like they lose maybe they become blind or deaf or something and like maybe one of the religious zealots of the town has like their daughter who's like blind and deaf and like see what those witches did to my daughter type thing mhm like they caused her to they caused her to be deaf and blind like you know i don't know why i'm using that accent but <laughs> there is a episode of doctor who where there's this woman preaching about this kind of great city she's made where everyone will be perfect and only the perfect is accepted and whatnot. And so it's kind of like a semi-religious like thing. And her daughter is like fully blind and was like attacked by her husband and kind of disfigured in a way. And so she's not perfect. And she kind of uses her daughter as an example of like, this is the horror of the world type thing. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's like that where it's like, this is the yeah. horror of the world type using and but in the end like what they they don't like in the like in the show she doesn't actually care about her daughter in the end she was fully planning because only perfect people are allowed in her city to like fully kill her her daughter or just like leave yeah. her out and so i think it's a similar situation where this is guy is more of a politician than an actual loving father and so he will he is not actually caring about his daughter's end or result. And so maybe he's shaming her in a way of of his kind of proclamations. This, yeah, this is what I see. Yeah, this is what I see. I think I want it to be more like a mindless thing where they're just like mind-numbingly, you know, like dead essentially. Mm -hmm. So the coven just like they kind of become them brain to dead. Walk the the planes, the corruption, you know, to eventually find yeah. their way towards corruption or whatever. And this religious zealot father, or whatever, finds his daughter. Like he went out to go search her, search for her, and he finds that she is now mindless. And I think what I would probably do, and this is going to sound like, I mean, this is was a very common thing, especially like in colonial times, was like mm. my daughter's a Jezebel type thing. And so like he uses that more as like because my daughter was a Jezebel, look what she's become type thing, you know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to necessarily be that she was a Jezebel, but, you know, but, like, something along those lines. Yeah. Where so she, I, and okay. then she's there, but she's just, she doesn't talk. She's just stares straight ahead, like, mm -hmm. completely so, okay, absent there, of mind. There's another because show. Because this potion has, like, stripped all of her personality. Mm -hmm. Instead of turning yeah, her so, into an evil hag, it's just, like, removed everything. Yeah. So there's another show. It's called Sensate. And it's great, a great show. I'd highly suggest it. Um, one of the later parts in the show, um, they kind of find this like, like what you're saying, a bra this brain dead person. And spoilers for anybody who's gonna watch it, you might want to skip a few seconds. But it turns out that he is actually, like in our sense, like a hag's eye, where he he actually is has become like the main like fighting force of the enemies because he's become this mindless thing they can just enter his brain and control him and have him go kill people 
and they don't get blamed for it. And so maybe okay. these kind of brainless daughters or or people in the city have are are like waiting like they can be like called upon or controlled. And so maybe at some point it becomes oh no, all these all these people that we have recovered and we thought like that maybe they're in a hospital or something, they kind of attack or something. Yeah, okay. I I like the idea of it being only one better because it's not concrete evidence. So it's just like, who knows what could have happened to her. So the party doesn't mm. get like a direct, this is what happened. They returned because of, yeah. of witches. So it's just like, well, who knows what could have happened to your daughter? Like she could have, you know, like there's all new number of examples. Mm. And then I, I, and I like the idea of the father while he's like a religious zealot. I don't want him to be bad. And I want him to, like, actually love his daughter. But, like, because he's such a religious zealot, it's like she's she's gone to him because she's a witch, you know, like that type of thing. And so he might even have, like, some sort of, like, breaking down moment for the party, you know, when they when they've actually, like, uncovered that this is the real thing that's happened, you know. So I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make so many enemies that, like, everything is seems like an undertone of bad, like a bad guy, you know. So I think. Yeah, I like this figure to be like a such a a zealot or you know so so like he just doesn't quite understand that this is what's actually happened. Like yes, he's partially right. Like there was a witch. <laughs> like hags have like taken control of his daughter, but like mm. I just want it to be like a, a redemption part within the story, so not everybody seems you know like they're corrupted or evil. You know. Yeah. So I think I want him to be like this caring father who was once caring for his daughter, you know, and this pain has driven him to be like a hyper religious zealot who's like, and they shall burn, you know, like that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And he's rallied up his town to like do the Salem witch trials. And that's when the party kind of walks in and they see like they they see. I mean, I even like the idea of like he's going to kill his own daughter type thing because she's now a witch even though she's like just she tried to drink that hag potion and has like lost all of her mind and like the party even like rescues her or something like they and they have like this mindless idea or like you know they eventually convince the dad that she's still worth loving and stuff like i love that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like he's still uh, okay. redeemable i i i okay i i i don't really like the idea that he he's fully like my daughter's not savable. I, I, I think he might partially believe that, but he's he doesn't say that outright. I think what he, I think that's more of a personal struggle. Like, can she even be saved? What am I even doing? But so I think what his his fight is, and so the first trial that they literally come into the town and see is like when she was like okay, it was her best friend. And he's like, you brought her to the the things. You see what you've done to my daughter. And like, he blames all these people in her life that maybe some were actually brought her to the witches. Others were not. But he's just kind of going on this zealous rampage, just trying to find someone to blame. Because I think he partially blames himself. That he didn't see her kind of separate people in this. Two separate like Mm -hmm. head players in the village the religious zealot and the guy with the daughter who's mindless Mm -hmm. the religious zealot wants to kill this mindless daughter because she's now become a witch 
Mm-hmm. And the other, the father wants to, like, you can't kill my daughter type thing. And that's when the party, like, the party hears them in this witch, witch trial, essentially. And so, okay, I think what, what's happening when they come into the city, it's a witch trial. It's for the the daughter who is kind of mindless, her best friend, as I said previously. He, uh, she is being blamed for bringing this girl to the witches and right. corrupting her. Yep. The father doesn't know that the religious zealot is also planning to burn his daughter at the stake. And so he's like, look what you've done to this man's daughter type thing. And then by the end of it, he's like, and now she shall burn as well. And the father's like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, and so, so that's I, so where they, think, they have a chance to yeah. step in, in, the, in and intervene and stop it then right one of the so the 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 daughter who isn't mindless is being blamed for bringing the the mindless daughter to this witch coven and turning her into a witch yes and that's the subject of the witch hunt and so Mm -hmm. the party comes in to this town where they're getting ready i don't think they would be doing it just yet like they wouldn't be making they wouldn't be like having the trial just yet but like getting ready for no but they, i think they see they see like the setting up of the pyre yes. and the little yep setting yeah. up the wood and yeah so the party gets to like witness this trial and like intervene and like try and do something you know mm-hmm. and i yeah and i like the idea of they're blaming a girl for bringing her best friend to the witches and turning her mindless and so they're blaming yeah. her as being a witch and they're going to murder her. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's the, yep. I think that's the play. And then the religious zealot, because the religious zealot's daughter is the one who's mindless. And mm-hmm. the other guy's daughter is the one who's not. I was thinking it was the other way around. No, because I think the religious zealot is So I think the religious zealot the is fact... killing, I think the religious zealot is killing his daughter, blaming her for corrupting her best friend. Because as we said, this the other father actually loves his daughter and doesn't want her to die. And so when the religious zealot says that he's also killing the mindless daughter, the dude's like, what? This wasn't you didn't say this was what you're doing. Yeah, I want it to be the opposite way because I want both of them to not be bad. So I want the religious zealot's daughter to be mindless and he's blaming the other guy's daughter for her becoming mindless, becoming a witch. Okay, so who, okay. So no one would care if the if the daughter burns then the mindless one is that what you're saying no because so, the dad would care about his alive daughter that is being blamed so the religious zealot doesn't so the 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 father who doesn't have the mindless daughter he cares that his daughter is yes that's what i'm saying right he obviously cares because he doesn't want his daughter to get burned at stake yes and he doesn't believe she's a witch mm-hmm. the religious mm-hmm. zealot believes his daughter is a witch and is convincing the town that she's a witch Mm -hmm. and so by you saying that my daughter who was best friends with your daughter is now a like has now fallen under the the consequences of you know what the gods do to those who become witches you know they make them mindless or whatever because they you know Mm -hmm. like that type of thing yeah that way i don't see anybody as being like I mean, yeah, one person's super wrong and could be, like, partially evil, but they're both just, like, he's just mistaken. Hello. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Well, uh, I think your bird's uh, telling us it's time to wrap up. And, uh, <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> as the bird gets really antsy at the end, uh, uh, <laughs> I think this is a, a interesting uh, 
story and place to go with this. And I hope you all enjoyed uh, listening to this. And I hope my editing is able to make this episode sound good, even though we didn't have a good audio on our end. Um, yeah, and it's been it's ten, it's really late yeah. at night now. <laughs> yeah, ten o'clock. Woo! <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs> so, um, thank you all for listening. See you next time. Bye. <sighs>